Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 22. It is Thursday, December 12, 2019. I am your host, Scott Gumbar, and what is it with Florida anyway? This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Right. Happy Thursday to everyone. First up in the news, an update to yesterday's report of the ransomware attack in Pensacola. Uh, it has been determined that May's ransomware is behind the Pensacola cyber attack. A couple quick notes. First of all, there is a $1 million ransom demand, although Pensacola has said that most of their systems are back up and running. Uh, they Maze, The people behind May's ransomware stated that they are not this is not part of the shooting. You may have seen in the news there was a shooting at a naval base in, in Pensacola. They say this is not part of that attack and um, not affiliated with that recent attack. Uh, they also say they would not be taking down any critical systems such as 911 and things like that. So they don't go after things that could affect human life. Um, so I guess you could say this is a group of attackers with a conscience. I don't know. Um, but it, in the article on Bleeping Computer, they say they avoid systems that, that may impact emergency services. Um, the city is recovering. I don't, and obviously it doesn't look like they paid the ransom. So good for them. Kudos. And uh, Pensacola is having a rough go. So let's, uh, you know, let's um, keep them in your thoughts. Also on Bleeping Computer, a batch of 460,000-plus payment cards sold on Black Market Forum. Researchers monitoring activity on underground markets found that more than 460,000 payment card records were offered for sale in two days on a popular forum where such data is being traded. The card info is split into four databases sold separately and offered in two rounds on October 28th and November 27th. So it definitely sounds like a uh, result of Black Friday. Possibly Black Market price over $550,000. Initially, the seller advertised each advertised two databases, each with data for 30,000 cards, and asked $3 for each card. Uh, the offer was discovered on Joker's Stash, a very popular market for buying and selling stolen payment card data. And the announcement said that 85% percent, 85-90% of the cards were valid and all came with all the details necessary for card not present transactions like online shopping. So pay attention to your credit over the next few months. Um, I could tell you that cards don't always get used right away when stolen like this. So um, you'll want to pay attention for a while. And I've mentioned in previous episodes, a lot of credit advisors will tell you, put a freeze on your credit report to avoid such things. Uh, on threat post, modern Intel CPUs plagued by Plundervolt attack. The Intel attack uses a similar technique that gamers commonly use to overlock, overclock their CPUs. So overclocking is the process of um, pushing your computer's CPU past its normal, um, normal suggested usage, I guess is a good way to put it in layman's terms. Researchers have discovered a new attack impacting modern Intel CPUs, which would could allow an attacker to extract highly sensitive information such as encryption keys from affected processes by altering their voltage. So that's interesting. The attack dubbed Plundervolt 
centers around Intel Software Guard extensions, SGX, a set of security-related instruction codes that are built into Intel CPUs. Intel CG CGX shields sensitive data such as AES encryption keys inside enclaves, which are physically separate from other CPU memory and are protected by software encryption. However, researchers uncovered a way to target the safeguards used by PC operating systems to control processor voltage and frequency, tampering with them to alter the bits held inside Intel SGX and create exploitable glitches. Uh, so if you overclock, be on the lookout for that. This is Intel. Again, this is Intel CPUs. Intel CPUs, um, let's see, it says right here, meaning Intel modern core CPUs, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th generations, as well as Intel Xeon processor E3, V5, and V6, and Intel Xeon processor E2100 and E2200 families are all at risk. So if you're using any of these processors, which is a lot of processors, um, you're going to want to um, you're going to want to pay attention to that. And if you're overclocking, of course. Also on ThreatPost, Apple fixes AirDOS bug that cripples nearby iPhones and iPads. Sir, so AirDOS, I, I, I said AirDOS, it's AirDOS, Air, Air Denial of Service. So essentially anybody who uses the AirDrop feature, um, and this feature is on iOS where you can swap files between neighboring phones, um, you're, you're going to want to pay attention to this. Um, the bug opens the door for a type of denial of service attack. Essentially, you can flood a phone, an iPhone or, or an iPad with requests, making the iPhone or iPad unusable, um, forcing it to shut down. Um, and so what they're telling people is to turn AirDrop off altogether or only allow people you know to have access to AirDrop. So look for that bug there. Um, and there was a bunch of, um, uh, they fixed this, by the way, with the recent update. So there was a bunch of updates yesterday or Tuesday with Apple as well. And I'm going to review those on the weekly show tomorrow. But so there was flaws fixed in Apple Watch, flaws fixed on uh, Mac OS X, and then obviously that flaw was fixed as well. So if you if you use AirDrop, you should not be using it so that anybody can connect to it. You should be using it in a way where only people you know connect to it or turn it off when you're not using it. Um, but also update iOS. On the Hacker News, new Zeppelin ransomware targeting tech and health companies. So this is uh, Zeppelin ransomware attack. Um, a new, vari new variant of Vega ransomware family dubbed Zeppelin has recently been spotted in the wild targeting technology and healthcare companies across Europe, the U.S., and Canada. However, if you reside in Russia or some other ex-USSR countries like Ukraine, Belarus, and Kazakhstan, breathe the sigh of relief as the ransomware terminates its operations if found itself on machines located in these regions. It's notable and interesting because previous variants of Vega family, also known as Vega Locker, were primarily targeting Russian-speaking users, which indicates Zeppelin is not the work of the same hacking group behind the previous attacks. Um, according to a report BlackBerry Silence shared with Hacker News, Zeppelin is a Delphi-based, highly configurable ransomware that can easily be customized to enable or disable various features depending on victims or requirements of the attackers. 
Zeppelin can be deployed as an EXE, a DLL, or wrapped in PowerShell loader with and includes the following features. It has an IP logger, so that means we'll be able to check the location of the, the victim. Startup to gain persistence. Delete backups to stop certain services. Disable the recovery of files. Delete backups and shadow copies. So uh, deleting a backup before launching a ransomware attack makes it more likely that you might want to pay the ransom. Task killer, so killing attack attacker specific specific specified processes sorry auto unlock to unlock files that appear locked during encryption melt to inject self-deletion thread to notepad.exe and usa prompt try running the ransomware with elevated privileges so the usa user acceptance i forget what usa stands for so usa is the windows microsoft windows feature that uh, asks you to approve a request to install software and things like that Based on the configurations, attackers get set from the Zeppelin Builder user interface during the generation of the ransomware binary. The malware enumerates files on all drives and network shares and encrypts them with the same algorithm as used by other Vega variants. Zeppelin employs a standard combination of symmetric file encryption and randomly generated keys for each file, AES-256 in CBC mode, so that's the encryption it uses, and asymmetric encryption used to protect the session key using a custom RSA implementation possibly developed in-house the researchers explain now here's the interesting part interestingly some of the examples some of the samples will encrypt only the first 0 by 1000 bytes for kilobytes instead of the 0 by 10000 bytes or 65 kilobytes it might be either an, an unintended bug or a conscious choice to speed up the encryption process while rendering most files unusable anyway so it could deploy very quickly once launched on your system um, HIPAA Journal reports some phishing attacks on Sunrise Community Health and Catherine Shaw Bethea Hospital. So real quick, um, Evans, Colorado-based Sunrise Community Health has discovered the email accounts of several employees were compromised as a result of employees responding to phishing emails once again. The email accounts were access accessed by unauthorized individuals between September 11th and November 22nd of this year, so more than two months. Assisted by a third-party computer forensics expert, Sunrise Community Health determined on November 5th, 2019, that the compromised email accounts contain the protected health information of certain patients. The types of data present in the email accounts varied from patient to patient and may have included names, dates of birth, Sunrise patient ID numbers, Sunrise provider names, dates of service, types of clinical examinations performed, the results of those examinations, diagnosis, medication names, and names of health insurance carriers. Sunrise Community Health does not ha believe the aim of the attack was to obtain patient information, but the possibility of unauthorized data access and data theft could not be ruled out. I'm not sure what else they would have hoped to gain by completing a phishing attack, but the attackers appear to be targeting invoice and payroll information. So there you go. The investigation into the attack is continuing, continuing, but breach notification letters have now been sent to affected individuals. So good job to Sunrise Health for doing that in less than 60 days and we see a lot of that not happening so I'm, I'm glad that they stayed on top of it 1486 Catherine Shaw Bethea hospital patients impacted by phishing attack Catherine Shaw Bethea hospital in Dixon Illinois has discovered an unauthorized individual has gained access to the email accounts of employees and potentially obtained a spreadsheet containing the protected health information of 1486 patients the spreadsheet contained names dates of birth phone numbers health insurance carrier names diagnosis and clinical 
information of patients under 18 years of age who had visited emergency department between November 1st and May f- November 1st of last year, 2018, and May 1st of this year. Catherine Shaw Bethea Hospital has implemented additional measures to improve email security. I'm guessing they have finally rolled out multi-factor authentication and complex passwords. And all staff members have been provided with further cybersecurity training. Well, good for them for doing that. It does not say when they discovered this. If they discovered it in May, then they did not follow notification rules. New York City Health Hospitals alerts patients to improper disclosure incident. New York City Health Hospital is alerting patients who received treatment following a motor vehicle accident that some of their protected health information may have been impermissibly disclosed to third parties by an employee. New York City Health Hospitals was notified on October 3rd, 2019 that one of its employees had disclosed patient information to third parties such as law firms between 2016 and November of 2019. New York City Health Hospitals is, is assuming that all patients who received treatment at its hospital and clinics following a motor vehicle accident may have been affected. The investigation into the incident is ongoing. Appropriate disciplinary action is being taken against the employee concerned. So it sounds like an employee was feeding uh, information to a personal injury attorney. So that's interesting. Now, they p- October 3rd, 2019 is when they were notified. So I don't know when they notified. So it's barely 60 days. It would be 67 days or so now. So they probably got it in on at, at exactly 60 days. So good for them. And then our final bit of news today, you know, the subject of our podcast today, the title of our podcast is What Is It With Florida Anyway? Another Florida ransomware attack on bleeping computer prison rehabilitation industries and diversified enterprises, Inc., also known as Pride, was hit by a ransomware attack on Saturday, December 7th. The nonprofit organization's website and affected systems are still down. And this is as of yesterday. I have not confirmed whether this is still the case today. Uh, Pride is an MPO from Florida that's helping inmates to learn vocational skills and to get certification for easier reintegration once they get released. We make communities safer and save taxpayers money by training eligible inmates in vocational skills and transitioning them into the job market upon completion of their sentences, the MPO states. Pride assists ex-offenders in transitioning into communities through a variety of critical transition support services. A weekend ransomware attack, the ransomware attack hit Pride's computing systems was and was observed by employees on Saturday after multiple systems, including the MPO's website, payroll records, email, customer, and vendor list, and several other back-end operations were taken down or became inaccessible. Pride Chief Administration Administrative Officer D. Kiminicki told Tampa Bay Times, who first reported the incident, that certain data files within Pride Network have been encrypted and rendered unusable. She also stated that the nonprofit organization is currently working with Federal Bureau of Investigation as part of the ongoing investigation. Florida Department of Corrections spokesperson Michelle Glady also says the department doesn't believe that any of the information they had on Pride systems has been compromised. Bleeping Computer also reached out to Pride asking for additional details on the attack, but have not heard back yet. Um, so yet another Florida ransomware attack. I don't know why Florida keeps taking it on the chin. Um, you know, obviously there's some work to be done there. That's going to do it for the Thursday episode of the Cybersecurity Daily. And until tomorrow morning, stay secure.